0: Episode 8. I'm feeling very uh, sort of like what you would envision, at least least to me, like very quintessential podcaster right now, which is stupid because if you could see me, you would see me in leggings and a sports bra sitting cross-legged in my bed. But, you know, like I... Like I have all my gear and I have my coffee and my water and I have my notes and I was just like sort of sitting here on my bed, like preparing myself. And I was like, Oh my God, you're being a podcaster, which feels like, I mean, relevant, but also sort of silly. Like even when I put things on my social media about you know, like where to find something that I wrote or where to find a certain blog post that I created, like head to my blog. And ultimately what I'm trying to get at is you can actually make fun of me more than I already make fun of me. So good luck trying. Um, any, at any rate, let me just like gather myself again here at my little podcasting station. Um, So if you know me in real life, and even if you've been following along over the last several weeks, you know how much I love like a really timely moment, you know, like, like kismet. And you're just like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is like who I'm supposed to be doing it with. This is what I'm supposed to, you know, like a a song coming on the radio, whatever it is. Right. So I recently did a pop-up. Um I live here in Denver, Colorado, and I did a pop-up um at Awakening Boutique with some other really lovely human beings and makers and creators. And one of the owners, Tori, she and I um were discussing the book. Again, I'm referencing, I think this is like my third reference in three different episodes. Uh we were talking about crying in Hmart. Um the book that was, uh, written by Michelle Zahner and, uh, Tori actually recently lost one of her mothers. Uh, and my mother, uh, died eight years ago this summer. And so we were kind of chatting about that. And, and she actually, she actually sent me a link to, um, the podcast, terrible. Thanks for asking. And she sent me a a specific episode, um, about baking through grief specifically baking bread. And so the timely portion of what I am getting to is one of the questions that I received this week was, how did you start your bakery, Buttermoon? Uh, And so for those of you that don't know, or maybe you're just tuning in, I own a bakery here in Denver called Buttermoon Bake Co. And the logistics and sort of, it's just how I started is, uh, it is a loaded fucking question and the why that I started and how I did it. Um, and there's just nuance there and we're going to cover bits and pieces of it, but like I said, so I'm having this conversation with Tori at this pop-up and, um, And then I get this question, right? And so again, I just am like such a sucker for like a timely moment. And so we're just going to kick off today's episode um, and kind of like dig around in uh, the ways in which cooking and baking um, can be really therapeutic and cathartic and sort of healing, uh, especially to me and and obviously not just to me, because this is something that other people are talking about. First things first, we're just going to piggyback. So uh, Michelle from Rhode Island actually asked this question. Hi, Ava. I'm also interested in becoming a cottage baker, and I'm wondering how and why you started your bakery, Buttermoon Bake Co. Thanks. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> so again, let's just sort of start way at the beginning. Um, and I am going to answer your question. And we're also, again, we're going to like sort of um, spend some time and like float around in the idea of using food and creating it as a means of healing. So back in in 2019, um I had a missed miscarriage and it was like late August and the whole thing was just fucking messy, you know? So this is actually the second miscarriage now that I've had and this, like everything that could go wrong with a miscarriage. I mean, it was just like literally dangling on the side of Shamble Mountain, you know, like, so first of all, it it was missed, right? So I just went in for, um, like a routine appointment, like prenatal appointment and, you know, they couldn't find a heartbeat and blah. And so that, you know, that's when I learned that, um, it had probably been like two weeks since there had been like any growth. And so I was like, kind of sent home. It was a Friday and I was sent home and they were like, you know, let's see what happens basically, you know? And so like I waited and nothing. And so weeks later, I, I end up having to go in for a DNC, uh, two weeks after I found out that I had had a missed miscarriage. Um, and so when I did, you know, I sort of, I, I lined up, um, childcare for my oldest daughter, Scarlett. I lined up childcare for her the next day and I laid in bed and I felt like a bus had ran over me. Like any of you that have been put under like anesthesia, right? I mean, whatever that feeling is, was a, a million times worse than Um, physically anyways, than the DNC itself. But after that, I mean, like I I gave myself a day and then I got out of bed and sort of did what I do and what I've kind of always done. And I like trudged on, you know, and here's the deal you need to understand that I'm not like my experience is not everybody's experience. What I do to cope and to heal is not the right way or the answer. It's not my recommendation. I'm simply sharing an experience. So, um, I, I don't want it to ever feel as though I'm implying that this is what, (laughs) this is what you should be doing. Okay. So, but the first thing that I did was I had been thinking about biscuits (laughs) and the fact that I had really never made them. And so I was in an online cooking community through Facebook at the time. And I read, you know, like biscuit recipes, what are y'all doing? What are you using? Um, and so I, I made a batch of biscuits and they were like, um, I mean, they were edible. Right. And I actually still have the the same picture, but they were these, (laughs) like, these discs, right? Like they're like these discs that were like a half of an inch tall. Um, okay. Maybe they were like a three quarters of an inch tall, but they were not tall, you know? And I was just like, huh? Okay. <laughs> like this, And so that's where it all started. So I made biscuits compulsively. I mean, I'm talking, daily. Uh, there were points in time, uh, where I was actually making them a couple of times you know, like be hating the results. Um, and so I would, you know, toss or whatever, find something to do with, um, with that batch. And then I would actually, Make them again. And so uh, this carried on uh, for quite some time, in addition to, I mean, really anything. I mean, I was just like cooking, also, in addition to making biscuits. I mean, I really went hard in the paint (laughs) for like, for using, creating something with my hands and doing something that I love as like a means of healing and it it didn't i mean it truly it didn't matter what it was you know so sometimes i would break it up and i would um you know like make dinners that were like pretty elaborate and required more time and like things that i could uh include scarlet in on and um, biscuits was always like a really easy thing to do because for the most part, I mean, it's a rather quick process, right? I mean, it's kind of like in and out. Um, and the reality is, is like, Oh, a really well done biscuit is an is an art form much like, I don't, I mean, you could say that about most food I feel, you know, and just to, to some degree and, so it was something that I could kind of like do and like dedicate time to and, but also be in the kitchen with my kid, you know, which was healing in itself. And so, I mean, that's what I did. And I still like very much remember, um, um, you know, like the end of September and like still how warm it was and how it was like, I was willing the seasons to change because I, you know, I felt like really introspective and I felt like I wanted to crawl inside of myself and I didn't want to do anything but cook and bake at the time. Like that's all, that's all I wanted to do. And, and, and in some, and in some ways it was like, I, I didn't feel really available as like a partner or Sometimes even as a mom, you know, and so it was like one of these things that I could do that felt really good, but also allowed me to sort of like check out and put myself on autopilot. And I don't love saying that out loud, you know, because there are parts of me that are admitting out loud that I, I wanted to check out of like being a mom, you know, but it was like something that I could do um, with her you know, and like be attentive to her and like engage her, but also still be kind of inwards. you know? And so I have uh, allergies, <laughs> you know, for somebody that is like, um, a big talker of like <laughs> feelings and crying. Um, I am, I am not, I'm not ready to cry in front of y'all. Okay. So just like pass the tissues my eyes are watery because somebody's cutting onions in here. it's so weird at any rate. I felt sad. I felt like betrayed by my body. I felt um just like really detached. Um, I felt far away from my kid. I felt really far away from my partner at the time. and so yeah, I made biscuits I made a I made a fuck load of biscuits. I made round biscuits. I made square biscuits. At one time I made, fuck, what did we call them? Loaf skits. I don't know what the fuck I was doing, but, um, the way that I cut them were like these stupid triangles, not triangles, excuse me, rectangles. And I just was like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is this? (laughs) Like, what is this shape? And like, what am I going to put on here? It looked like a hoagie, but it was a biscuit. And I just made so many of them. And then I got pregnant with Maddox at the end of October. And I will never forget that day for lots of reasons. Um, you know, finding out that I was pregnant with him and it was actually the day before Halloween and it was cool. It was, it was cold actually. Um, and if you are familiar with the weather in Denver, you know, that like it it doesn't fucking matter. You know, I think like we envision uh Halloween to be like cool and brisk and like, you know, folly. And that is just like, certainly not the case around here. It's either like snowing or it's hot as balls and it's 85 degrees. And so that year, Um, it was, it was like actually like a little bit chilly. And I remember walking Scarlet around who, um, was true from true in the rainbow kingdom. And I had a mug of tea and I just remember feeling like everything was going to be okay. Right. Like it, that this was good and, and that we were okay. And My biscuit journey did not end there. (laughs) Wait, there's more. So now I'm like traumatized though. Right? Like, so there's like on one side of, on one side of my heart, I'm feeling like this is all good and we're going to be okay. And then the other side is very much like broadcasting live from Shamble Mountain. And I'm just like fucking scared and traumatized. And, so I just kept, I just kept making biscuits. I mean, I did, you know, like, and, and it was a, and it was like a way to, um, like distract myself and, um, pass the time. And again, like still, I, I felt my brain felt so busy. You know, it was like I was trying to do like all of this, like grief processing and then like, so very quickly, like turning around and getting pregnant again. And, um, uh, we were really frank with, with Scarlett about the miscarriage. And, you know, I don't, uh, in, in, in those ways, I don't do a whole lot to like keep things from her. You know, I, I try my best to communicate in ways that make sense to her because she was what? Three. Or something at the time, and you know, she had known that there was like a baby in my tummy that, um, that passed away. You know, and so, um, we waited a bit to tell her. Um, not twelve weeks. You know, I I never uh, personally used that as like a marker of like when I was like you know like miraculously going to feel safe. Um, and I know that this is really hard for you to believe, but I share pretty close to like damn near everything, so there was just like this cautious excitement, but it was it was like I needed to just stay busy and so like fucking amongst a million other things, you know, it continued to be biscuits, and it turns out that I was quite good at making biscuits and so that's what I did. And then, and like, so now fast forward and it's February and we're like watching the news and I'll just never forget, like sitting in the coffee shop with one of my best friends, um, being like, the fuck is this? <laughs> what a pit- like what COVID, what, a, you know, like what, what's the situation with that? And then. A couple of weeks later, we were, like, pulling our kids from school. And, um, and that's what the fuck I just continued to do, you know? And it was like this, again, for me, it was like this cathartic sort of, like, you know, baking my way through, through grief. And then it was, like, baking my way through, like, the anxiety of a pandemic. And I just feel like... I don't know. I mean, everybody has their thing, right? I, I have several things, but being able to uh, like create something with my hands, like this is my artistry, right? Like I cannot draw or paint for the life of me. I mean, like, you, you know, like when people are able to draw like like cute stick figures, or even if they look like a bit abstract, they look rather well done, right? Like that's not, (laughs) that is not what the fuck my drawings look like. Okay. Like not even remotely. So this is like my artistry and it's just very like cancerian of me, right? Like I am like a cancer inside of my hair follicles, inside of my bone marrow. I mean, like, when you think of a cancer person, I am the poster child. It's really nice to meet you. But the ability to, like, you know, busy my brain, busy my hands, and also, like, feed people and, like, give my artistry to people, I mean, like, that is... That, let that be the hill that I die on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause it does. I mean, it feels like very, um, sort of like soothing and good to me, but then to be able to share that with other people, you know? And I mean, that was like another huge part of it. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm listening. I have this conversation with Tori. Are you guys following along? Like I said, this is like a two part. We're like piggybacking. Just, just get in. Come on. We're, we're, we're wrapping it up. I promise. So I'm having this conversation, like I said, with Tori, um, about like grief and like cooking your way through it or baking your way through it. And she told me about, uh, terrible things for asking and how, um, this woman, Lost her wife, like the love of her life, um, to a massive heart attack, like right at the beginning of the pandemic and how she made a loaf of bread, like much like that first batch of biscuits that I made. And they were, it it was like garbage. Right. But then, you know, she, she talks about how how much more focused she was. Right. And like how much more collected she was. If she, if she baked, she felt like that she was able to like cope and be on and focus in her job. Um, and I just found that to be like, so relatable to, to, you know, to the point where at, at the time I was a stay at home parent to Scarlett. And, but I also, I mean, I ran a tight ass ship, right. I mean, like I, I ran that house And I will just never forget that that's really what that looked like. You know, it was like, I I got up and I made Scarlet breakfast and, um, before the world shut down, we, you know, we went to the gym, she went to the childcare at the gym and I worked out. And when that, you know, we got up, ate breakfast, we went for a walk. And then there was like a two, sometimes three hour period early on in the day where that's like what I dedicated to, like, that was... You know, like my, that was my time. And, and I can totally relate and look back on that and being like 1000%, you know, and I was like project baking, you know, like we're making croissants, we're making bagels and we're making biscuits all the fucking time. Um, but I just, again, I found it timely that I was having this conversation and, and honestly, because it is, it's, I mean, it's like near and dear to my own heart, but I also love, I don't love other people's grief, you know, but I love learning all of the ways in which people grieve and what that looks like to them and how, you know, like Ashley's story, um, who was the one that chatted for, uh, terrible. Thanks for asking, you know, like how, Relatable that story is to like so many other people, you know, and like how, how baking and cooking and then, you know, being able to share because ultimately what she did with her bread is again, so you know, it, it became sort of like this once a week thing that she did, and then she ends up doing it daily. And like all of her friends and family are like, fuck you and your bread. Like, I mean, not literally, you know, but like similarly to my family was like, oh, relax on the biscuits for even just like a couple days. Um, She started like this little bread box, like a free little bread box, you know, like, how or like bread library, uh, if you will, you know, like where, um, you can get like little books that have the stands outside of your house. And now that I know that there are like free little, uh, food pantry type situations. I have several in my neighborhood and she did that with her bread and I just, um, I just loved that. And I was like so grateful and am so grateful to Tori for sending me that. And it it really was. I mean, she knew that I would appreciate it and um, find it relatable. And I absolutely did. So Tori, if you're listening to this, I'll tell you anyways, I'm actually about to send you a text message after this, but I appreciate you. And thank you for thinking of me. And so onward to how Buttermoon started. That was really the beginning. I mean, that was like, um... That's where it all started was was sort of that grief process and um needing to like busy my hands and my heart and my head and um when I asked for a separation from my then husband uh like a little less than a a year later i um I sort of did the same. Right. I mean, it looked, I, I asked for a separation. We're still living together. Um, and I did not have time to bake through my grief per se. Right. I mean, it was like, I was a stay at home mom who went to cosmetology school and did hair and managed barbershops for 10 years to yeah. Being a stay at home mom and like, um, out of the industry for, <clears throat> I think at that point it was like three years or so, you know, like since I had had Scarlett for, yeah, four years and I didn't want to fucking do hair you know, the reality is, is that I went to cosmetology school when I really wanted to go to culinary school. Um, like out of, like it, it could, like it was a necessity. Like it was just, I didn't have the cash when I graduated high school to do the shit that I wanted to do. And like, don't bang on to me about like loans and whatever. It was like culinary school for like a hundred grand, or I could go to cosmetology school for like four grand. And so that's what I did. And so, Um, Maddox was just a couple of months old and Scarlett was four and I asked for a separation and I needed to like figure out what the fuck I was going to do with my life. And like more than that, I needed to also figure out like, how was I, you know, like four years out of my career, um, you know, like I, I was still licensed, but like, that wasn't what I wanted to do. You know, I didn't want to do that. And also, even if I did do that, you know, like who the fuck's paying for childcare at the, you know, like, and, and what's that going to look like? And how on earth am I going to put my newborn, you know, that like, he was about what, three, four months old, you know? And so it was, butter was like this pipe dream, right? Like I'd, remember just like sort of fantasizing about it over the years of like, how cool would it be to just like have this side gig and be at the farmer's market during the summer and like having my kids with me and, um, feeding people and, you know, doing the things that I love. And (laughs) I mean, we went from being like, that's a pipe dream to being like, What the fuck needs to happen in order to make this legitimate and an option, you know? And so I just pulled the trigger, you know, like I needed to do something, um, that I could do while I took care of my babies at the same time. And that's what I did. And so to answer your question, (laughs) I baked a lot of biscuits for, for like a year, um, and had never made a biscuit before. And then I went through like several traumatic life events, one of which was self-induced. And while I have, um, a fine relationship with my ex-husband right now, I mean, that was like a traumatic season of everybody's life as one can imagine. Right. And so, um, this story is not dreamy. I wish that I could, you know, look, I actually take that back. I don't wish that I could tell you anything than, than other than what is my truth. Okay. Um, because that's what I know, but it's not glamorous. Um, And there's more to the story again that, you know, there's nuance and, um, I, um, there's more to this story and I will share that at some point, but that is the long and the short of it. The long and the short is that I used cooking and baking as like a means of therapy And then I needed to like hustle and get my ass in gear in order to be able to move out of my ex-husband's home and create a life for myself. And so I decided upon a menu. Um, I knew that I wanted to keep it small. I actually have, um, all of my beginning like notes and ideas, and I um, I love looking back on those and like all of the things that I wanted to do and the be, <laughs> you know. And I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake! So, my advice to you there, if you are asking for actual advice, is like to decide on a, a couple of things that you are good at and that you love and just like start small. Um, and that's what I did. I decided on scones and hand pies and buttermilk biscuits. And I looked into, um, requirements for, you know, becoming like a legitimate cottage bakery, um, and what that looked like in Colorado, which I'm not going to get into the details of that, but, um, the community is good, uh, for the most part and can be helpful if you connect with the right people. And also I'm happy to discuss this more with anybody at any time, because, um, while sometimes I think that the cottage bakery specific kind of community within Denver can be like a little, um, like elitist, which I don't really love. I was really fortunate to connect with like several really lovely human beings that were really generous with their advice and their time. Um, and so I'm happy to be that person for anybody else. You can always send me an email, uh, Yours and butter at gmail.com or you can reach out on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Ava Truckee. Um, and I am like, I will always make time for that. So, anyways, I that's what I did. So, I like got, you know, food safety course and did this stuff and, um, and I started selling biscuits on my front door. You know, now we're like deep into, into quarantine times and I did contactless pickup and, that's what I did. And it's really just kind of evolved from there. And so I appreciate y'all letting me, uh, piggyback as I mentioned and sort of give me the opportunity to talk about both things. Um, but yeah, I hope that that answers your question. I mean, I realized that I gave you a little bit more than what you originally asked for, but ultimately you need to look into the laws that are specific to your state. And then, um, as cheese ball and I don't know, I mean, <sighs> cheese ball, but also like fucking privileged. Okay. Because I will am, um, for many reasons, but it, you you just got to jump. Okay. I mean like, and that's, I mean, I really felt like inside of my bones that I really had no other option than to jump. You know, it was like, what the fuck else was I going to do? And so in a lot of ways that in itself was really traumatic for me, but in a lot of ways, like I'm really grateful that it really was like, I didn't have the option to fail, like fail. I mean, truly, and I still don't, right. But like failing is not, that's, that's not available to me. I cannot, right. Like I have two young children to care for, including myself. And so like, we're just out here making it work, you know, and I am just feeling a lot of the times, like very fortunate for, um, the way things have shaken down. And so again, Thanks for hanging out for this semi long winded version. And also I w- would like to, and intend on sort of uh, sinking back in to baking through grief and cooking through grief. And I'd like to hear some of y'all's stories um, and we can make, even more of an entire episode over it because I do, I mean, I just, I love the idea of it. I wrote an essay about it that was published in greatest. Um, and so, yeah, it's something that I, that I like to talk about often. So if you have a story to share or a question you would like to ask, send them my way to yours in butter at gmail.com. And with that, we will move right along. I, <laughs> here's a question. <laughs> Dear Ava, I'm new to Denver, so adapting to the concept of houses not having central AC is foreign to me. With these ridiculous 100 degree days, and both working from home, we have to resort to any and all cooking has to happen on a grill so as not to raise the temperature inside our home. Do you have any ideas or suggestions for things to make for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with the only cooking source being a toaster or a grill? Me personally can only do so many salads with grilled protein and tacos day in and day out. Thanks in advance for any suggestions since you will benefit at a future big gay dinner. Love, Beaner. Hi, Beaner. Um, so some of you might remember um, the, the first big gay dinner that I attended. Big queer dinner, big gay dinner, as you wish. Um, and I met Beaner, and she was the one that brought the silicone pastry brush, right? So like my job was dessert. And so naturally I brought biscuits that I did a little bit of lemon with to do like strawberry shortcake style, right? And I'm like melting the butter and I'm like, fuck, how am I going to brush these biscuits with butter? I don't have a pastry brush. And Peter was like, ta-da. And that's when, and that's when I knew That I was amongst my people. And so, hi, (laughs) Beaner. To answer your question, a toaster and a grill, eh? So, I feel like most people could benefit from being my kid. Let me back up, not because she's my kid, but just because she prefers, um, like she would much rather eat dinner from the night before than like eating eggs or something like that. You know, you know what I'm saying for breakfast. And so a lot of the times we, yeah, eat like leftovers from dinner for breakfast. I understand that this is not answering your question about like ideas with a grill or a toaster, but being that it's summer, I feel like, yes, the idea of like a salad with grilled protein gets rather tired, but what if the salads were like not... Anything can be a fucking salad. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I really, like, I really believe that. I mean, like, Panzanella, it's like a fucking bread salad. Um, I do, like, a air quote salad with, like, a bunch of roasted vegetables. And so, uh, piggybacking, I mean, think of, like, doing kebabs, right? And specifically like veggie kebabs with like red onion and mushrooms and zucchini and summer squash and eggplant, if that's your deal, because it's definitely my deal. And I love a grilled eggplant moment and think about doing like a shitload of vegetable kebabs and then like repurposing them into a salad with like a bunch of fresh herbs and a vinaigrette. You can add a protein. You can add chickpeas if you want. Um, you could mix that in with like orzo or couscous. That's an option, beaner. Okay, so you can eat that for dinner and then you could like wake up and eat it cold the next morning and have like a Scarlet J moment or if you have a toaster. So here's the thing about my life. I don't have a toaster. I know. I know. And for like, mostly it's because of like spatially, please stop rolling your eyes. I can hear like so many of you rolling your eyes away from over here of like spatially. It's a toaster. It's not a fucking... Semi truck, but like seriously, my counter space and my cupboard space is like super limited in my shoebox of a kitchen. And so, don't get me wrong, there have been like many a moments where I am like, please God, I just want a toaster. Like when my kid is requesting avocado toast, as she sometimes does for breakfast, and I'm like heating up fucking bread in the oven, which first world problem, I understand that, but still. So like when I think of toaster moments, I don't have a lot to offer you. And also what kind of toaster are we talking about? Like, is it like one of the cute little, um, like oven moments that sits on your, or is it like a conventional, just like a toaster that like shoots toast out of it? You know what I'm saying? Because if you have like a little toaster oven, I'm envisioning like little pizzas, (laughs) But like pizzas on like an English muffin or like little flatbreads or like really good quality like baguette. You can make crostinis. Also, thinking about other ways that I feed my children because I truly am mother of the year. Um, we eat a lot of what's called a snack plates in my house and... I think for like bougie folks or fancy folks, y'all are calling them like charcuterie board. Like, I mean, there's like zero charcuterie on the plate and that's what we're still calling them, which is another conversation for another day. Um, but we eat a lot of snack plates, right? So especially this time of year when I just can't even, or when I just can't even because my one-year-old, I have a one-year-old Maddox turned a year yesterday anyways, when my year old won't like let me make dinner. And so I find myself like cubing cheese and pulling out olives and finding like whatever kind of salami situation is in the back of the cupboard. And what kind of crackery or crostini type situations do we have? And like, do we have dried cherries? Do we have some fruit that I can cut up? Um, Beiner, that's a whole ass meal. Okay. Like, like just make a snack plate, eat some, eat like a handful of almonds and cherries and popcorn for dinner. No, I don't know this from experience. And that's definitely not what I ate for dinner the other night. Stop judging me. Um, I, I hope this helps. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, what else can you grill? You could grill pizza again. So I'm like thinking like flat type situation, pizzas. Um I don't know, Beaner. I feel like I gave you some pretty good options. Make like cold stuff. Make a gazpacho. I'm just, actually just kidding. I don't like gazpacho. So if you make a gazpacho, don't bring that to big gay dinner, okay? Just bring your body and bring your... <laughs> pick your silicone pastry brush for me please because i am sure that i'll need it again at any rate um we are going to save the rest of any questions that i got this week i got some i got some good ones but um we are close to pushing 45 minutes and um i really loved recording today's episode and i hope that y'all can feel that and i hope that you have a really good week and i will catch y'all for episode 9. Bye.